Well, good morning, everybody. I am so glad to be here today. Uh, to be honest, I'm glad to be anywhere. Uh, uh, and <clears throat> to be able to be up here again last Sunday and then today is a real joy. Our pastor is uh, on vacation. He will be back next Sunday, and I'm sure well-rested. I will tell you that <clears throat> as lead pastor, you're never really gone, and I've already gotten a text from him today asking how things are going. <clears throat> I was happy to say I, I'm, I out-preached you. Uh, no, just joking. <laughs> just joking. Uh, <clears throat> I, am, uh, I am happy after a long season of... Uh, some suffering to uh, finally be able to start doing some exercising again. Uh, the last couple of years have been really a difficult season, have not been able to do hardly anything involving physical activity. Uh, not allowed to get on a real bicycle yet, but I've been on the stationary bike at physical therapy and been given the green light to walk as much as I want to. I have to say I was a I was a little bit offended this past week because somebody posted a video of me on the treadmill and they didn't get my permission in advance. Uh, so uh, I'm just... Uh, <laughs> actually, the guy in the yellow shirt, that was me, you all right? <laughs> I could just see him looking, going, you little whippersnapper, who do you think you are? I could take you down. <laughs> Actually, this, this clip here is one of my favorites. I don't know if you've seen it. It's hard enough for me just to walk on a, a treadmill, but let alone do what this guy here is doing. He's like having a wonderful time doing the Fred Astaire up there. I love the guy down there in the purple shirt. That's me right there. I can't, if I look to the left or right, I'm probably going to fall off and hurt myself, much less try to do what this guy's doing. Uh, my guess is this. If you've ever tried to pray over a period of time and you've set up a prayer discipline in your life, you uh, have come to understand that uh, prayer can become like running on a treadmill a lot of times. If you're not careful, prayer can become this regimented, routine, uh, mundane experience. But one of the things I've learned, and one of the great things about stepping down out of the lead pastor role is this. I've had a lot more time to spend time in prayer. Uh, and one of the things I've learned is this, that confident faith leads to confident prayers. One of the things I've started doing when I begin my prayer time every day is to close my eyes and to try to visualize as I pray God doing something regarding the prayers that I'm praying. Sometimes it helps me to go back even to the Old Testament and picture in my mind what it was like for God to part the Red Sea and make those waves part and put myself in that situation or to put myself in the New Testament where the, the girl has just died and the family is gathered around the bed and there's weeping and crying and Jesus walks in and says, get up. And she gets up. You see, it depends on who you think you're talking to versus who you're actually talking to. That's the God we're talking about and one who's leaning in, who's listening when you pray to him. When I was little, my dad would uh, put a quarter in his hand, put his hand behind his back and bring it out, and I would have to guess which hand the quarter was in. Uh, have you ever played that game with somebody, some child? 
And when I would guess the right hand, my dad, he'd have his other hand open, so I knew it was in there, and he would pry his fingers real tightly, and I'd have to really try to pry his fingers open, and, and he would allow me to, like, I was like a super strength guy with hero capability. He'd finally let me pry it open, and I'd get that quarter. Most of the time, I would snatch it and take off running. I've often wondered if we don't do the same thing when it comes to God and prayer. God, I need you to do this. I need a good marriage. I need you to intervene. I need to be blessed with a good job or reverse this health situation. And often when God answers, we grab it and start running the opposite direction. While all the while, listen carefully, God is offering you and offering me a strong hand, a strong, mighty, and powerful hand to hold on to. That's why King David says this in Psalm 37, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. And though they stumble, they will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand. That's what the Lord's offering you is his hand. Speaking of hands today, if you put a basketball in my hands today, it would be worth about $30. But if you take that same basketball and put it into the hands of Luca, all of a sudden it's worth about $40 million. You put, a, you put a baseball in my hand, it's going to be worth 4 or $5. You take that same baseball and put it in the hands of Jake DeGrom, and suddenly it's worth about $30 million a year, give or take. How about those Rangers, everybody? <laughs> you give me a, a slingshot, and on a good day, I might be able to hit, if I'm very lucky and practice a lot, might be able to hit a rabbit or a squirrel. But you put that in the hands of a small warrior who believes in the power of a big God and suddenly giants will begin to fall and kingdoms begin to topple. Give me a loaf of bread and some fish sticks and I can put some mayonnaise on there and maybe give you a good fish sandwich. But take those ingredients and put them in the hands of Jesus and suddenly thousands of people are able to eat. Don't miss this today. The mighty, powerful, big, strong hand of God is open and available to you. Confident faith leads to confident prayers. And it all depends on who you think you're talking to versus who you're actually talking to. That's why I love Paul's challenge in 1 Thessalonians where he says this, Pray continually. A different translation of this scripture says it this way, Never stop praying. What fascinates me, and I just read this week in an article uh, online, and it fascinated me that the majority of Americans seem to understand this concept. I read this study where over 70% of Americans pray on a regular, basis, if, a regular basis, if not daily. That staggered me because I'm sure that not that many people go to a church on a Sunday. But here's the challenge I want to put in front of you, knowing that, is this. Every day, start the conversation when you wake up and stop the conversation when you go back to sleep. That's the conversation with the Lord. Let God be the very first person you talk to when you wake up in the morning. And I've been doing that every day. When my eyes pop open... God, thank you for the rest last night. Thank you for this warm bed that I'm in. I got to sleep in. I've got a day ahead of me. Please be with me throughout this day. Be close to me today. 
Let me see and be aware and sensitive to the needs of those around me. And I begin every day like that. And I will tell you this, that uh, my, my prayer life has changed because all day long I'm in a mode of prayer. Then the end of the day, end your day by saying, God, what a day. Thanks for your protection. Thanks for your strength. Thanks for being with me and watching over me. Thank you for your protection. Now help, help me to close my eyes and relax and put the day behind me because it's gone and there's nothing I can change about it. So give me rest so that I can face the day that's ahead of me. It's interesting that if you take all the writing that Paul had on prayer, you will really see two simple themes that he challenges us with when it comes to prayer. That is to pray conversationally, and that is to pray continually. I, my, my language of prayer has changed a lot as I've progressed in my life. I, I understand, uh, especially as a dad and talking to, as a father, I always love talking to my kids but I also love listening to them. Uh, when the kids were young, my wife had this, uh, this deal every night around the table where she would, she would uh, to start conversation, she would go, and they still make fun of her today because of this, but she would say, okay, kids, what is the best thing that happened to you today? And they would all have to go around the table and once in a while now, when we sit down at the table and we're together at the family, one of the kids will go, okay, what is the best thing that happened to you today? But it was a conversation starter. Some of my best conversations were with my daughter, Danielle, and would be when I would lay down beside her at night in the bed, and we went through this routine of her saying her prayers, and we would just talk about whatever came up. The subject matter wasn't really all that important. It was just us communicating together. And Danielle had this gruff, deep, little raspy voice. And, and sometimes I, I wish I could hear that voice. But in other ways, thank the Lord Nick has that responsibility now. <laughs> At prayer time with the kids. And Danielle was interesting. My wife, at some point when the kids were young, had uh, being the, the woman she is, wanted to make sure that they knew what to do in case there, were, there was a fire. And Becky goes into great depth to explain things like this. And the kids were all on the second floor. And she got them all together and were huddled around. And mom is talking to the kids. Eyes big. Now kids, if there's ever a fire, you go to the bedroom door and you touch the door. And if the door is hot, don't go out that door. In fact, kids, it would be better that you would jump out the second story window and break a leg rather than to be burned up in a fire. So part of the prayer process for my kids every night became, God, don't let there be a fire in, in this house. I recently read about a father that had been teaching his kids about praying at night, and he wrote down some of the funny things that his kids have prayed. Here's a sample. Thank you, God, for mac and cheese. I think we all could say amen to that, huh? God, help my sister not to be so mean. And here's one of my favorites. God, help my butt to feel better. <laughs> what I love about these is that they're honest. What's missing here are the these and the thous and the big words and trying to impress somebody. It's absent of pretense. There's no, it's just, here's what's on my mind. Let me share it with you. No religious nonsense. I find it utterly fascinating 
that the disciples who had spent all this time with Jesus, when they get a chance to ask something of him, they don't say, Jesus, teach us to preach. Jesus, teach us to teach. He was good at both of those. Uh, he was phenomenal. They could have said, Jesus, would you teach us how to heal people? Uh, he was a phenomenal healer. Jesus, could you teach us how to do that water into wine thing? That would be very convenient. But they didn't say any of that. What did they say? Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus gave the model to us and revolutionized our prayer lives forever when he used the two words that I don't know had ever been used before when he started that prayer with our Father. Isn't it great to know you are his son, you are his daughter, and he is your father? You get to talk to him like that. And I love what Max Lucado said when he said this, If God were only mighty, we would salute him. But since he is merciful and mighty, we can approach him. With that thought in mind, I want to give you three sentence starters that you can use as you're driving or you're exercising or you're doing whatever during the day. Here's three things that you can pray during the day that are starters for you. The first is this. Heavenly Father, thanks. Say that with me. Heavenly Father, thanks. As I get older, one of my goals is to be more and more grateful. I just believe that the more gratitude we have, uh, we have, the more joy we have in our lives, the more gratitude we have, the more contentment we're going to have. And I know some of you sitting in this room today have been through so much the last few months or even years. After three surgeries in 14 months and struggling for several years to escape living in pain, I can tell you there are things that I'm thankful for today that just a few years ago I didn't even think about being thankful for. Thank you, Lord, for walkers. Who invented a walker? I don't know, but I thank you, Lord, for that person. There are things we don't, we don't even think about. We just take for granted. I remember a few years ago watching as a group from our church gathered with this little community of people in Uganda who had never had running water their entire lives. And you wonderful people of Heartland Church, you now put about 10 wells, I think it is, in Uganda. But we were at one of the dedications of one of these wells, and they pulled that handle, that, that pump handle for the first time, and water started coming out, clean water from deep underground, and they were so filled with gratitude. They brought gifts to us and fruit and laid it at our feet, so thankful. And uh, there's a plaque on that well that says Heartland Church. I've, I, I knew how to appreciate that because a few days earlier I had seen probably 500 kids lined up at a dirty algae-filled pond and they were all carrying five-gallon containers and they used that nasty water for drinking, for cooking, for washing, for clothing, for bathing. And now for the first time ever in their lives... They're not going to have to walk several miles for dirty water, but they're getting clean water from deep under the ground. And it's coming up right in the middle of their little community. You know what? When I got home from that trip and I turned on the faucet, I said, thank you, Lord, for clean water. And I got into the shower. I said, thank you, Lord, for a shower and hot water that I can stand in and bathe off. Thank you. I'm so thankful. Those are big things, right? And I thank the Lord for small things. I'm thankful for the zipper and belt in my pants today. 
you should be thankful for that as well. I'm thankful for the hot sauce at Javier's. I don't know what they put in there, but I love that hot sauce at Javier's. It fills my heart with joy. I heard a comedian say one time that eating Krispy Kreme donuts was like eating baby angels. I feel the same way. They come rolling off of that little conveyor belt and the hot light is on and you put one of those into your mouth and it just dissolves. It's just a, oh, it's so, I'm thankful for the rolls and cinnamon butter at Texas Roadhouse. (laughs) Am I talking to you today? I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my family. I'm so blessed. Yesterday, we had a concert up in Lincoln, Nebraska, and the lady that was kind of seeing us places there, she told us about she had four children, and we started inquiring. All four of her kids were in different cities miles away from them. She's had seven grandkids, and she says she sees them once or twice a year. And in, in my heart right then, I said, Thank you, Lord, that my kids all live in the same city. And my grandkids, I get to see them often. A few nights ago, I got to go on a father-daughter date with my wonderful daughter. Uh, she kept us on our knees for a few years. But what a joy she is to me now. <laughs> I have so much to be thankful for. What are you grateful for? Who are you thankful for in your life? I will just say this. Unexpressed gratitude is a form of ingratitude. So continually, conversationally, just say, Father, thanks. Becky and I, not long ago after a church service on Sunday, we went across the freeway and we were at BJ's eating over there. And when it came time to pay the bill, the waiter came up and I asked for the bill. And he said, oh, there's, there were some people over here that paid for your meal today. And the first thing I wanted to do was find and say, where y'all going to eat next Sunday? <laughs> Not really. But I, I knew that, I knew those folks because I'd seen them as I walked in. And I knew it was a real sacrifice for them to buy our meal. And I I just thought, God, thank you. Uh, Thank you so much. I have so much to thank you for. And I thought of the cross where Jesus uttered seven statements. One of them was one word. In his language, it was telestai. In the first century literature, it was a Greek word that was stamped on the bottom of a receipt. It means this, paid in full. Imagine if that waiter at the restaurant had tried to pull one over on my wife and, and, and as, a, as we left the restaurant didn't tell us that somebody had paid for our meal or tried to convince us that we still owed some money for our bill. And you know what? Our guilt and shame will on so many occasions try to sit on our shoulders and do the same thing to us every day. Tries to get us to believe that we're not truly forgiven, that we still owe something despite what Jesus has done in our lives and on our behalf. Jesus still used that, uses that word today. Your debt has been paid and it has been paid in full. You are totally and completely and eternally forgiven. I love... The last verse of that old hymn, it is well. 
that says this. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole. If you know it, sing it with me. Is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Father, thanks. Another sentence starter would be, Father, help. Father, help me to stay awake and alert today in this important meeting I have. Father, help me in this class. Father, help me for, with the knowledge that I need for this decision I'm about to make. Father, help me with this relational challenge that I have. Father, help me. Help Pastor Dan to keep it short so we can get to the restaurant before it gets too crowded today. <laughs> Father, help me be kind to this person that's not easy to love. Father, help me to have more self-control with my diet. Help me to be more patient with others. Have you seen the phone ads that have the tagline, anytime, anywhere, for their phone plans? That's the way it is with our Heavenly Father. Doesn't matter where we are. Doesn't matter what time of day. The Bible says no matter what we're facing, don't let God be your last option. Let Him be your first option. And if you need help, when you need help, tell Him and be specific. I love James 1 and 5. If you need wisdom... Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. That may be one of my favorite promises in the entire Bible. God is willing to give anybody who asks divine perspective on any subject matter. Who in the world would not want that? And in this culture we live in, we need wisdom on how to address people who attack us. Does it seem like to you that people are just in attack mode all day, every day? Uh, they'll talk about you in social media in ways you, you probably would not want. Uh, they wouldn't talk to you that way face to face. There's so much hate and anger being released. Here's a bit of wisdom uh, for some that I've heard. I'm pretty sure it was my father-in-law I heard this from first. It says, when there's a fire, you can either pour gasoline or water on it. As followers of Jesus, we shouldn't be the ones who are pouring gasoline on a subject. Gossip and innuendo should not be uh, coming from our lips. Shouldn't slander or lie or speak ill of people. But we can talk to God about everybody. We can be honest with God about everybody. Father, this is not easy. Will you help me love this person who feels so unlovable right now? Father, help me be patient with this person like you have been patient with me. I don't know if you saw this story or not, but uh, some time ago I read about this uh, lady who got a text from a friend uh, uh, who had seen a dog that, is, that had been hit by a car that day, and she knew that Betty, this lady... Uh, was one who helped out and uh, rescued and fostered dogs. So she sent her a text and said, it's at this location, this dog has been hit. And she was at work at the time, and she thought, I don't have room to take in any more dogs. But as the day went on, she couldn't stop thinking about the dog. And so she slipped out at work about mid-afternoon, and she drove out to where this dog was to see if it had been rescued yet or what had happened. And when... 
Betty arrived. She saw the dog was still there, but she wasn't alone. Another dog was standing guard over her. And those two dogs, one was, had laid down in the grassy area away from the road where uh, she could rest, clearly injured, and Betty knew that. The other dog sat there protecting her, not wanting anybody there to get too close, and desperately was trying to protect this one dog. And Betty said this, when I pulled up, there was a couple of dogs in the distance, and you can see one off in the background. It's, she said that one dog chased them off. When I got out of my car to look at her, this dog ran up to me, looking at me as if to say, I need the assurance that you're here to help and not hurt my friend. And after a while, after gaining the trust of this dog, she got the two dogs into the car. I thought to myself, isn't that the way we should be with people? We rub shoulders with people who have suffered some kind of a blow in life, left alone on the side of some allegorical road of some kind, a place of loneliness, a place of sickness, a place of depression, buried in some emotional pit, relegated to some emotional place from which they feel as if they're never going to escape. They just need somebody to hang around and to support them and to pray for them until they can see them rescued from that place. Listen to what Peter said. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. Father, thanks. Father, help. And then probably the most dangerous thing we can pray Father, speak. I have, I have never heard an audible voice of God. And I hear people make statements like, I heard the Lord say, and I've heard some say that they've actually heard a voice. I've never heard an actual voice of God. I don't know what would happen if I did. I'd probably need to go clean up somewhere. But I know, do know that God has spoken to me on many occasions. It's usually some inward connection that I have. That I, it's an impulse that I really can't explain. It happened to me recently. I was, I was saying something to myself and I was praying and I felt something inside of me saying, you need to reach out. I had met a pastor about eight months before that. We had had no communication and when I met him, his wife was uh, in the middle of a fight in breast can with breast cancer. And I just felt this prompting, you got to reach out, you got to reach out. And so I had his number in my phone and I pulled out my phone and I texted and then I called and I said, uh, Troy, I've been thinking about you. And he broke down on the phone. He said, I can't tell you. I was just telling the Lord just a few days ago, God, please let somebody call me. Let somebody call me just to, to reassure me that you know where I'm at right now in my life. And, and it, it seems weird, but I like what somebody said. A coincidence is when God chooses to remain anonymous. 
What if we really started to believe that God puts people in our path and he puts us in their path for a reason and we started to live like God wanted to deliver a message through us that's so soaked and saturated in God's love to a world that's filled with death and darkness on a daily basis. I hope you know this about this church. We really try hard to live with financial margins that will allow us to be generous in really big ways. A text came from Pastor Becky a few days ago that uh, we literally ran out of food on one of our Saturday distributions, handed out food that day to 43 families at Evergreen and 55 families at Rosemead, just loving people. Thanks to those of you who give your time on Saturdays. That's God speaking through you. You know what? If Jesus spent time with a certain group of people, I think we need to do the same. Jesus told us to become like little children, so we need to make sure that we're on the lookout for little children who don't get enough to eat. Even globally, Heartland, you're making a difference. This morning, down in Chiapas, Mexico, there are at least three different churches I know of that you've helped to build, and I think one in the planning stage. A team went down from this church and provided the manpower, and you provided the dollars to provide them a place to meet and pray and worship together. There's the church, and there's the inside of that plain, simple little building. That is what you have done, Heartland. Three churches just about like that, that you gave the money and the manpower to see built. Father, speak through our church. Speak through us, the people. In a world that is so vulgar and sometimes obscene, and lots of times without shame, would you deliver a word of purity through us, your people? In a, word that is in a world that's deceptive and corrupt and so unbelievably divided, will you deliver a message of unity and integrity and honor through us? In a world that is hateful and mean-spirited and spiteful, would you deliver a message of compassion and grace and, and, and uh, gentleness through us? Father, in a world that is beat down and worn out, would you deliver a message of hope and rest through us? Speak through us, your people, Lord. This picture is William Booth. You may not recognize his name, but you will definitely recognize his work. This is the founder of, say that loudly, the Salvation Army. What I love about William Booth is he refused to complicate the message of the Bible. He kept it so simple that all people had access to it. And today, I pray that's still the case for the organization. But at the end of his life, he was invited to speak at a big convention, big conference for pastors, politicians, and business people. And at the very last minute, he said, I'm so sorry. I'm sick, I'm not going to be able to make it. And the organizer of the meeting was so disappointed. And he said, man, I, I hate this, but would you mind passing along a copy of the manuscript of your speech so that we can just read it because people want to hear what you have to say. And he said, absolutely, I can do that. And he obliged. And he passed along a copy of his manuscript to the organizer. 
And it was a single word, others, and his name sighed beneath it. I need you to understand one thing today. If you're new to this place, this thing we call church or the family of God, before you ever put your faith in Jesus or your trust in him, you were the object of his mission. You, all of his love is aimed at you. And the minute you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the message and missions of God in your life shifts to something else, and that's to others. You have to be on the lookout for those who are hurting and needy. It's no longer just about you. And here at Heartland, we take that seriously. We want to back up our words with actions. We want to practice what we preach. Here at Heartland Church, we want to we want to make sure that it's about others around us. So, Father, thanks. Father, help. And Father, speak. And I can't think of a better way to spend our time this week than to conversationally and continually say those things over and over again. People uh, ask me on occasion, what is the favorite song that that uh, your favorite song that Phillips, Craig, and Dean sing. And I, I want to say, well, most of the ones I wrote, <laughs> not really, kind of. <laughs> it's hard to answer because I, I think it, that it changes from season to season. There was a time crucified with Christ was one of my favorite. Mercy came running. And <clears throat> but the last couple of years, this is my favorite. Uh, this song was written in the chapel at our old church with a couple of friends of mine. We sat down in there at the grand piano. And the idea for the song came from a picture that my dad painted one day uh, when he was sharing with me, and I'm talking with his words. He painted uh, an experience that he had in World War II. My dad was a paratrooper. 501st 82nd Airborne, 19 times he jumped behind enemy lines. And he told us about this particular battle where during the course of the day, his line was pushed back and there were comrades that were fighting alongside him that fell that day in the heat of the battle, shot and they were not able to tend to him right then and they kept getting pushed further and further back. And all of a sudden now it's their lines back here and the enemy line is here and these comrades are in the middle there's no way anybody can get to them and how agonizing it was to hear those guys as they begin to call the names of their friends and you couldn't go get to them it was it was impossible he said we would just cover our hands with our ears and as hardened soldiers, we didn't cry, but in our heart it was breaking as they called the name, Bill, Bill, help me, I'm dying. Please come help me. Until their voice would grow fainter and fainter. I think sometimes that the same thing happens in life. As I talked about last Sunday, emotionally, physically, or spiritually, the tank gets to empty and you just don't have the strength to make the journey on your own and you need somebody to stand in the gap and be strong for you 
until you get the strength to stand again. I know over the course of the past year, there's been many times I felt this way. And I had to reach out to somebody and say, hey, man, I'm, I'm hurting. I had to text people and say, you got to pray for me. I can't sleep at night. It's awful. And it was in this type of a setting that this song was born. And if you're here today and maybe find yourself in that place, or maybe if you're here today, you need to be listening with your ears to hear somebody else around you that's singing this song to you. And I pray it touches you today. It's been one of those days When the mountain I'm facing It seems too high to climb And I try to have faith But sometimes the waiting Drives me out of my mind So brother to brother come to you with this one request is there room for another weary soldier who needs a place to rest pray me home pray me home oh my heart is so heavy and I just can't go on. Pray me home. Pray me home. Oh, I need you to help me. I don't think I can make it alone. Pray me home. And if you see something in me to cause you to question if my faith is secure I'm asking you please just to show me compassion even though you're unsure cause the greater the war that I'm going greater my need and I want nothing more than to know you're willing to join me on my knees pray me home pray me home oh my heart is so heavy and I just can't go
my heart is so heavy and I just can't go home. Pray me home. Pray me home. Oh, I need you to help me. I don't think I can make it somebody perhaps walked in here today with a load that they don't feel like they can carry by themselves and I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would come and help lift that burden from their shoulders and let them know there's a family that's waiting for somebody to reach out and, and just say hey help me pray about this and the response be I can help you pray about that I can help you carry that you don't have to do it by yourself. In fact, God never intended that. Speak with your voice in this place today, Lord. I love your presence that I can feel right now. And I know you're working hearts in this building. And we are forever grateful. And we love you so much. And everybody said amen today. God bless you. I've so enjoyed being able to share with you the past few Sundays. Thank you for allowing me to do so. God bless you. Come on, Heartland Church. Can we thank Pastor Dan for that incredible message, incredible song, and his wonderful ministry. Come on, all around the room, would you stand to your feet? We're about to dismiss here today, but before we do, I just want to let you know about a couple of things. Number one, this coming Wednesday night is our first Wednesday experience. We call it our Believer's Service. There's extended worship, an incredible message. Please come out and hang out with us. It's a great, awesome service to be a part of. And uh, th the other thing is, is uh, we don't really pass buckets here at the church, but if you'd like to give, thank you for doing so. If you're a guest here with us, please don't worry about it, all right? Uh, but there's ways to give on the screen behind me, and uh, you can give them in the boxes or online, whatever is easiest for you guys. And listen, we thank you so much for joining us today. If this message was heavy on your heart and you want someone to talk to about it, please, our team again will be out in the lobby. We'd love to talk to you, love to help you figure out your next step with Jesus. All right, everybody. Well, hey, why don't we pray together and then our worship team uh, will worship as we dismiss today. All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for how good you are. Thank you, Jesus for all the things that you've done in our life, Lord Jesus. Continue to, to bless our prayer life, the big things and the small things, God. And for all that is given today, we pray that you would use it for the expansion of your kingdom. Give us a great week in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. We will see you this Wednesday at First Wednesday. Love you guys. Y'all are dismissed today.